0: Welcome to Regal's Rycast, where we share all things LiDAR. I'm Miranda Welke, Marketing Events Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LiDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters located in Central Florida and available worldwide through our Regal Newsroom at www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or simply request more information or call for a Regal specialist. In today's Regal RyeCast, Josh France delivers an episode celebrating the 10 years of success with the Regal VMX series and interviews Regal's first user in Canada, Craig Sheriff, Operations Manager for Tolik Mapping Solutions. Please join Josh and Craig as they discuss various mobile LiDAR projects, along with highlights and features that the Regal's VMX series delivers. Please enjoy.
1: Welcome to my series on celebrating the success of the VMX on its 10th anniversary. Today I will be joined by our first user in Canada and mobile scanner pioneer Craig Sheriff of Tulic Mapping Solutions. Tulic Mapping Solutions is based in Ottawa, Canada and purchased a regal VMX250 back in 2011. Tulic Mapping Solution was an extension of an already well-known survey and engineering operation in the Ontario province, Tullock Engineering. They serve over 14 communities across Ontario and Canada, with a 15th on the way. In more recent news, they were the first user in North America to purchase the new VMX 2HA back in 2017, with a final delivery happening in 2018. Craig not only has experience with the VMX system, but even earlier experience with the Titan produced system by TerraPoint. Much of the Tulloch Mapping Solutions team came together from TerraPoint. At TerraPoint, Craig managed the Titan system production and did a lot of the training and integration that I got to do later on with the VMX series. It was a great privilege working with them and getting them set up on their new VMX 250 in the late summer of 2011. So Craig, welcome to the podcast on the VMX and its exciting 10-year history, or shall we say legacy, that points all the way back to your early work with the Titan system. Welcome. Can you
2: tell us a little bit about the Titan and your experience with it? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me, Josh, and thanks for those kind words, blushing over here virtually. (laughs) while they're well deserved. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, as you said, this exercise for me has actually been really interesting because it gives me a bit of an opportunity to kind of look back at my professional experience to date and, and kind of realize although things aren't necessarily planned out in advance super well, it's been a really interesting and, and fun journey to date. And as you say, my first experience with mobile LiDAR really dates back to the mid two thousands, two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six, with actually the precursor to Titan. So uh, back in the day, when TerraPoint was designing and building low-range systems, you know, using Regal scanners as part of that hardware integration, um, helicopter time was was expensive uh, to test systems. And That's right. They developed a mast truck-based mast system. Essentially, eventually it got called Sideswipe. early on. It was just a testing platform. I won't go into too much detail here, but that evolved into a service. Solution, Um, one of the first projects was Highway 1 in in Afghanistan, when when nobody could get any insurance or permits to fly it. TerraPoint ended up strapping the system onto this testbed platform and scanning the whole highway back in 2003. But my experience was coming from a research group after my master's degree at Queen's University, looking at geotech and trying to characterize rockfall hazards along railway and, and highway corridors. And we were really trying to do that with terrestrial scanning and terrestrial photogrammetry. And we came across this group in Ottawa that was doing, we we had lots of experience with airborne LiDAR, but we heard they were doing mobile LiDAR. And it was the the kind of perfect application for us where we could go and and scan in in a fairly short amount of time. We were really interested in relative accuracy on the rock face. Absolute was important, but it was a kind of a secondary thing to the mm-hmm. to the relative, and uh, that's where where we got involved in it. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, from there, that I ended up moving on to work for TerraPoint, and my first real task there after after getting up to speed with with operations on on traditional airborne lidar was to bring into operation and production. The first mobile terrestrial system, Titan, which is a super exciting and, and daunting task. It was uh, it was good times for sure.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that had at one point had up to three different regal
2: scanners on it to get all the different look angles covered. Is that is that memory right? Pretty close. Yeah, we had. So we were running three low range airborne systems with Q140s. All right. And, and so we were pretty familiar with those systems. And the Titan actually had four Q120s. And it kind of looked like a big rectangle, and it had two side-facing, one up and to the rear and one uh, down to the rear, and it was on a hydraulic lift. And you know, David Evans and Associates still has that lift and I believe has their one HA on that system, and it mounts in the back of a truck, and it's quite the thing to see and to operate.
1: Yes, they do. And... And actually, a, a side story about that—they actually used that lift to cantilever it off the side of a, uh, a bridge, so they could get the the outside part of the bridge. Oh, cool! <laughs> with the one ha
2: I see yeah, what? <laughs> that's awesome. That was really our one of our first projects was this Algoma Central rail, trying to uh, up in northern Ontario and. I have great memories of flying that in, uh, you know, a little R44 with one of our low range systems with, you know, like I say, the Q140 concurrent with the Titan system mounted on a high rail, scanning along this beautiful rock canyon along the North Shore of Lake Superior. And You know, it was one of the first mobile projects, and to my knowledge, probably the very first time that a mobile and airborne was collected not only on the same project, but literally at the same time. I've got photos of that uh, happening, and that was that was exciting times for sure. Back in
1: 2006, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there were a lot of interesting challenges, and it's interesting to hear you say that one of the things you had to do early on was to make use of lower range airborne systems. To uh, collect data from a mobile platform that almost sounds backwards to a lot of people, I'm sure, thinking that, well, wait a second, wouldn't it have been easier to make a lower range uh, system than a longer range one? And I think it just comes down to what was the application and the IMU quality to get a good trajectory back then made it more challenging to do something on the ground versus the air.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We always felt like the airborne was a pretty easy proposition. And it's funny how. When you start, and I'm, I'm sure you suffer from the same, but when you start, when and again, I'm not doing the day-to-day operations, I haven't for a long time, but when you are, you start to think in terms of that mobile scanner with the IMU and the GPS going through an urban environment and you're kind of in real time always calculating, you know, the, the satellite constellation that, you, and you're going, oh, I'm going to drop satellite. You just don't have that same concern when you're airborne, once you're up and, and going, you, you've got everything and all available. And uh, yeah, it's way more challenging. And certainly in those early days, we were just happy to to get a properly georeferenced point cloud and to kind of make it all work was uh, was pretty satisfying. And very quickly, you move on to the next pieces of the puzzle, which are just as important. And that's, uh, you know, proper procedures and, and protocols and vetting your data. And you re- pretty quickly realize getting a, a georeferenced point cloud is kind of the easy part of the equation. It's, uh, it's what you do with it. Yeah from that point on that becomes critical yeah so I, I would guess then
1: that one of the early challenges you had was not necessarily the georeference point cloud part but what to
2: do with it afterwards um and how to get useful data to back to the end client exactly um like i say we, we had lots of experience with the airborne you know mobile was a new paradigm for us so that was a challenge and but really once you sort out the the kind of basic issues like cabling and system components and operational parameters, it all becomes kind of rote. Mm-hmm. You come up with procedures for collection and you make sure that uh, you have good people that are well-trained and diligent and able to to follow instructions, but also think outside the box when things invariably, you know, go a little bit sideways. But once you get that all figured out, that's really the challenge. It's, it's making it production quality and repeatable and, and then going out on on production work and turning a profit (laughs) right going back i think it was 2011 when we purchased the system uh with you guys the vmx 250 could be and at that point you know we were out of the building and developing systems ourselves as you say as you mentioned in the introduction we a few of us as a group had come over to telecom engineering and formed, you know telecom mapping solutions and and we were looking for an off-the-shelf solution and that was you know, the real benefit to us with yourself, with Regal and, and the 250. It wasn't just the hardware. The hardware was obviously a huge draw, mm-hmm. um, but there were some, at that time, some pretty strong competitors in the market. And uh, and it was that downstream solution that really, for me, sold it. Because I remember those early days. I mean, you and I had a couple of WebExes and, you know, we talked talked about uh, the processes you guys had, you know, just recently developed for mm-hmm. for constraining the point cloud to registration points. and. And uh, we we instantly were kind of talking the same language, and that was that was pretty reassuring because we, although as you say, we were pretty well versed in how to do things, and and usually are pretty self sufficient. That isn't to say that we didn't spend a lot of time together on the phone <laughs> in those early days <laughs> with with lots of tech support and lots of you know, working through things, and that was key for sure. I mean, the first, I'd say, uh, two
1: to three years of the VMX was a a constant focus, perhaps is the right word, on how to get uh, the same result every time you press go uh, on the post-processing side. And uh, I was really focused on how to set up a process and training program with users so that way they did get the same result, regardless of who at the company was operating the system and who was post-processing the data. And that was, a, that was a constant challenge to come up with the right set of tools downstream of the acquisition to get that there. And you know, early on, there were so many different things you could do within pause Pack, within my process, within scan data adjustment. And it wasn't really until we got the right precision that that job became a lot easier because a lot of the extra things that you could uh, tinker with uh, kind of went away which was uh, at one side uh, frustrating, but on the other side was reassuring because then it left the guesswork
2: out of it. Absolutely. And it is, I, I don't envy the development side. And we've been there mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, users will will always... Figure out ways to do things in ways that you don't initially expect them to do it. <laughs> but but for us, it's a, yeah, I imagine it's a balance. It's a challenge to find that balance between you know a pure black box solution where you're just pressing buttons and you don't really know what's happening versus peeling back, you know, having a complete access to the dashboard and to the system levers and being able to muck things up. And I think we've always been somewhere in between. We want kind of a reasonable level of access to those tools, but we're quite happy. To let it do its thing if we have confidence that it's doing what we expect it to do and, and doing a good job.
1: So looking now at the fact you've had experience with not just the VMX 250, the first design, but now the 2HA, what was the, one of the noticeable improvements you saw between the two sensors, uh, other than just like more data,
2: which is obvious? I mean, that's the obvious answer, right? The, the point <laughs> density, for sure, and that's a huge bonus. So. You know, at various times, whether the system's gone in for a maintenance or a, a component repair or whatever, we've gone back to the two fifty. We we kind of are operating two systems with the, the two fifty. You know, it's still cranking along mm-hmm. relatively happily. And it's funny, you get quickly used to the increased point density and folks all of a sudden are going, Oh man, where the points go? We hardly have any points in the two fifty compared to the two H A. But yeah, so the point density is is an obvious one, and that's that's a, a hugely noticeable improvement. I quite like the new form factor. Yep. Certainly, that you know we we saw things evolve from the 250 even to the 450, and and then to the 2HA, and I think we're pretty happy with the form factor. Why don't you uh,
1: talk to us a little bit about some of the interesting projects the Public Mapping Solutions has been able to
2: accomplish with the uh, VMX technology? It's been interesting to see how things have evolved from really a highway. Focus for our group and and still is sure. to doing a lot of um, railway corridor work and we've been lucky to do lots of work for MetroLinks which is the regional rail provider for the Greater Toronto area serves about seven million people up there and and we've we've been able to do a ton of work for them and that has been really interesting and I think the interesting thing for me on that besides you know the specific scanning work is how. That scanning work has really opened the door for us to do a ton of other work. It's amazing how much conventional survey work we do on those projects in support of what is primarily a mobile scanning project. Yeah, so there's always been a lot of rail work that the VMX has been able to tackle
1: uh, throughout its history. And it certainly does open the doors to a lot of uh, success stories in terms of expansion of uh, footprints in terms of different areas. What's a feature that you have always said man if they just did this we could use that this much better you know or it would be this much nicer
2: yeah that's a that's a really good question and i think you guys i think regal does a a really good job of of development and and looking ahead and and uh and kudos on that i would say you know we'd always appreciate a smaller form factor and and we've certainly seen that as the this, the lasers themselves themselves get smaller. Um, that's something I'd like to to see continue and, and the, the whole package start to get smaller. That's something that is always appreciated. I think we've seen it come as project opportunities have come. And we, we see it more and more. And I think you guys are on it, say, with your pavement camera, you know, the down-facing pavement camera. But the idea of integrating other remote sensing technology. So whether that's thermal or, or, you know, whatever that technology might be, that's something that I see as a potential use down the line or or now. And the final thing I would say is you know kind of modular or interchangeable sensor components. So you know you guys Regal I think does that to some degree now, but we really love those projects where we can use a a number of technology like we have we for example. We have done lots of work for Metrolink's Willowbrook maintenance facility is one one example this huge maintenance facility with a few 400 meter long progressive maintenance buildings and tons of track and just all kinds of stuff going on. And that's a project where we'll use a combination of static, mobile, airborne. That's something that potentially UAV would be a good application. We love those projects where we're able to use all three platforms. And we don't we don't have an airborne sensor in-house anymore. We we have a few partners that we use for that, but we have, you know, static and obviously mobile. And it would be fantastic to be able to serve those purposes with some of the same components, whether that's the lasers for the static and mobile and airborne or the IMU or or whatever the, the case may be. You never would want to have a scenario where you have duplication and and one sitting idly now if they're all busy that's kind of a moot point sure sure that's something that i would say would would have some value for us when we're not looking to have you know six or seven or eight systems all ongoing at the same time having components that you could flush out into various uh, platforms would be attractive yeah and we've uh, we've dabbled in that a bit and we've offered some specialty
1: integrations and we see that very prevalent in some of our distributors and partners worldwide. Uh, sort of in different countries and regions where uh, it's absolutely a necessity for them to have a sensor that can do three different platform scanning. Right. Vehicle to UAV to helicopter, they have to offer it like that to even get the, the foot the door. It works, but of course you always have the challenge of reintegration and calibration. Right. Uh, whether it uh, holds to the same accuracy level that you've come to expect and enjoy uh, with the sensor, that's the real
2: challenge really. Well, thank you very much for this fun conversation today Yeah, and joining me. Well, again, thanks for having me. And it's been a fun opportunity to kind of reflect and look back. And yeah, we really appreciate the relationship that we have with yourself and Regal and look forward to many, many more years. And again, thanks for having me. I enjoyed the interview.
1: Thank you for your time today, Craig. And as always, happy scanning. The VMX continues to build on the early successes and innovation of pioneers like those at TerraPoint. And thanks to the dedication of our early users, like Craig, a very successful mobile mapping community was born and continues to flourish to this day. Each day, I'm inspired by our user stories of successful projects and their innovative ways of finding new opportunities to market and use the VMX system. Thank you once again for joining me today for a look back at the history, not only of the VMX, but the history of mobile mapping. Make sure you follow the Rycast for the next edition of the VMX 10-Year Celebration Series. And look out for my other series, Road Trips with Josh and the VMX. Thank you once again for listening. Take care of one another and be well.
0: Thank you so much, gentlemen. Those were really fascinating stories and projects. So, thank you again to Josh France and Craig Sheriff for sharing their experiences with the VMX. It's interesting to hear the know how from both sides of the field, from the capabilities the VMX has to offer to the advancements of Regal's ultimate LiDAR technologies over the years. Josh, Craig, and many other users can confirm that the VMX is a high performance scanning machine. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our Rycast anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Regal Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom at www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions, so please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always... Have an ultimate light our day. Until next time, Miranda signing off.